Season 2, Episode 34. We got t-shirts and they're live. T-shirts are live, boy. Coming at to coming at you on October 1st, t-shirts are live. Today's October 1st. We have our shirts on our website, yourbackpockets.com. That's with an S. Yourbackpockets.com backslash store, S-T-O-R-E. I know how to spell store, Deck. Absolutely. And what you also should know is that the link is in our bio on Instagram at your at the Back Pocket Podcast. You'll see that. It'll be blasted everywhere. It's going to be hard for you not to see it. That's our job to market that to you. Um, if you want a little hand delivery from the back pocket, if you're a local local hitter in the Twin Cities, hit us up. We'll hand deliver it to you. Let us know. We are uh, always looking to serve you as the marketing interns and uh, give us some feedback. Any other announcements, Andrew, before we get to this? No, you crushed that. Uh, we also have Back Pocket Halloween Party. Oh, yeah. Back Pocket Halloween Party on October 27th. So we did our research a little bit early ahead of time. Um, there on October 31st is on a work day. I think it's on a Wednesday this year. So we're going to have our Halloween party a couple days before, four days before on that Saturday night, October 27th. Be there. You'll get the invite from us very soon. Yeah, the details are uh, unclear right now, but we're working on all of the uh, the event um, strategy style. So yeah. that'll be fun. A couple live performers possibly, weather permitting, of course, and then a couple, couple of exciting events going on. So Absolutely. I think that's enough of us talking. Let's get to the content of this very episode, Intro Music. It's your time to shine. I'm just in Today is October 1st, 2018, and the boys from the back pocket are here. Decky, fall colors? How mm. are we? No, they, they're calling me Decky Pumpkin Spice nowadays. Mm. Uh, this is a the back pocket look with a little pumpkin spice twist. We got the boys, the flannel boys today, but we also got our shirts. Yeah, Not a big uh, deal. Button downs. We got the shirts underneath. Yeah, absolutely. You're like kind of button though, which is kind of weird. Kind of creeping me out there. Nice. What was the thought process behind that? I don't know. I didn't want it too airy. Okay. Yeah, because of me, if the wind blows, dude, I just look like a bat. So, got that going for me. You crushed that. Yeah. So, Andy Flannels, dude, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. I'm glad to uh, take part in Podcast 69. This is the 69th week that we have done a podcast. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 69 Mondays. Um, pretty phenomenal stuff. It's a big landmark for the back pocket. Absolutely. I would also say it's a pretty wildly average landmark that we're landing on the first of a month. It's October 1st, 2018. When was the last time we recorded uh, a Monday podcast on the first of the month? The last time was Podcast 7, which was, I believe, what do we got? It was May 1st, 2017. Ooh, good memory. Mm. Keep it going. Who was it? Uh, that was Free Spirit uh, featuring Joey Tats. Okay. There we go, dude. What it, That is an average quality if I've ever heard one. Holy smokes. Talk about that podcast for a second. Yeah, let's unpack that. So... We were in, that was junior year of college, we went to Aruba with the Amick family um, for spring break, mm. and we met this guy, Joey Tats, and... A bartender from Long Island, New York. Yeah, gritty, had his like whole uh, gang with him, just a holy, it was insane, dude. All New Yorkers, actually no, not New Yorkers, Long Islanders. Long Islanders, the entourage was there. Yeah. And you had, uh, I can't remember all their names, it was crazy though, it was an honestly a whirlwind of an experience. We sat down, and Joey Tats orders a bucket of beer, 
and this is the seventh podcast we've done. We're total rookies, and the whole time he's pointing at the thing, like, "What am I do? What am I talking at right now?" What he, he couldn't figure out what a podcast was. Yeah, but it was so cool because we had met him at this beach bar before, and he's like going over all these crazy stories that he's had throughout his life, and you know his life story. And we saw him like two or three times, and on the third time, we're like, "Hey, we run a podcast. Come and come on our podcast. Like, let's talk some shop." So we literally sat beachside outside this beach bar. Horrible audio because you got just the wind you got his like entourage chiming in every five minutes the, uh, the music of moombas yeah you got music in the background because it's it's like a tiki bar type thing but i mean we're cracking beers talking shop and like his story's phenomenal that was an average quality in itself that whole experience but at the end of the day it turned out to be phenomenal content so i highly recommend going back to the first time we released a podcast on a monday may 1st podcast 7 joey tats yeah and you know what we kind of screwed up too because january 1st of 2018 also landed on a monday but you were in Hawaii. Yeah, that was in between season one and season two. Yeah, that was our that was our break. So uh, we missed an opportunity there, but hey, whatever. Mm. Moving on. Moving on to a segment. And this is kind of touching on what October's all about to the back pocket. We are embracing sober October. Mm. Jack Burke let us in. He said, I'm going to do it in September. And we're like, no, let's do it when it rhymes in October. A little bit. It's got a little, t- it's got a little twang to it. Sober October. It sounds better. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we jumped on board with Jack, and mm-hmm. we were like, let's go these 30 days sober. I don't think I've ever done, I don't think I've ever been, like, in the last, ever since I turned 21, of course, I don't think I've not drank a beer for at least a week for a long, like, for, I think, yeah, for every, the whole time. Every Friday, Saturday, I definitely at least crack one. a few. Yeah, and that's not like a harm, I, that's not me, like, admitting that I'm an alcoholic, but, I mean, I've just never committed to being sober, and... It's kind of weird because I don't have like an urgent and have urgency to like drink a ton of beers, but I also don't have an urgency to not drink a ton of beers. So I'm in this weird like gray area. And You're I'm in saying, limbo. Exactly. I want to see how, how to respond. And there's a few interesting dates in there that are going to test us. Mm-hmm. We got one for, uh, for starters, Tommy Johnny, which is what, October 13th? Yeah. So for our listeners that don't know what that is, it's uh, a big rivalry game for us. Andrew and I used to play football at St. Thomas. They're the bit, our big rivalry game is the Tommy Johnny. It's the biggest football game in D3. Look it up. We had 37,000 people show up to Target Field last year to watch us play. Mm. Super cool. This year. What's our game plan? Oh, my God. So, yeah. We've never been able to show up to a game because... We're always on the sidelines. We never experienced as a fan Tommy Johnny because we're not from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So the first Tommy Johnny we experienced was freshman year, and then the three after that, which we were all a part of. So as a fan, we had never experienced the hoopla that goes along with it. Until now. Until now. And, and we're going to do it sober. Yeah, and we got to do it because it falls in October, of course. Great. Our luck. Great, but let's attack it. And here's where I'm thinking. Uh, hear me out on this, Andrew. We should get, like, two 24-packs of LaCroix. And just like Stone Cold Steven Austin, like 40 of them. Rumple Stiltskin, a couple of them. Uh, just just make ourselves look like fools. Hammering LaCroix all day. Maybe uh, fill up a couple red solo cups with uh, water. Hot takes. Hot takes. And then, uh, um, so another thing we're doing in, in October is I'm going to do a little side project. Hmm. I'm taking this on, a little head on. It's going to be a documentary. I'm just going to record one minute every single day. One of the roommates or one someone participating Sober October with us going to do a one-minute interview on that day, how they're feeling. I love it. I think that's going to capture the moment. And, it, and it's not saying like this is an extreme event, like this is going to be the hardest thing we've ever done. No. It's going to test us at times just because what else are you going to do on the weekends? You know, like it's what you're sitting watching football or grinding on some podcast 
content, and uh, we usually crack a few beers. Now we're going to just crush LaCroix. Yeah, now we can't. I, I've really only had one LaCroix in my life. Holy smokes, I've probably had 300. Yeah, you. how many LaCroix do you drink a night already? And you're not sober October Yeah, now. 300, I lowballed myself big time because I drink probably three to five LaCroix when I get back from work a day. Oh, my gosh. How much sugar is in those? None. None. Awesome. I don't know. <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> no sugar, Declan. There's just not at all. That's just what I heard. Uh, but that's crazy, dude. I mean, I'm going to have to start picking up the LaCroix game a little bit. I got to spend my money on something. I got to be productive in some way. And I think LaCroix can help me out. LaCroix help. will help you out. Maybe grab the baseball mitt. We'll go outside, play catch, mm-hmm. grab the cards, play a little euchre. I taught you euchre day one. We moved into yep. uh, the mansion. Euchre, the card game. The card game. Yep. yep. And uh, we'll, we'll get back into that because I need a partner. And we can totally mm-hmm. dominate Matt Aaron and Jack Burke and Euchre. Yeah. Oh, we can jo- dominate anyone. Um, let's, let's not get away from that. Mm. Uh, how about this, though? It's uh, sports betting. Parlays. Ooh. Yeah, we already got into that a little bit, and I can only imagine how deep we're going to dive into parlays. Yeah. One thing I know we're not going to do is probably chores around the house mm, or no. just chores in general. No, because while you're sober, you don't do chores. No. No, there's you're not supposed to. No, I, that's a rule I heard. Yeah. And I don't know where I got that, but no. I think Google said it. Yeah, Google. Not a, Google, not a sponsor. Google, not Shout out to Google. Great search engine, but yeah, definitely not doing chores during, mm-hmm. during the month of October. A lot of production, though, I think that from the podcast end of things, I think being able to wake up earlier on Saturday and Sunday and just grind some stuff out at the local coffee shop, you and I just chopping stuff up, dicing up content. A lot of coffee, a lot of cold brew. But mm-hmm. you know what also, what also we're going to include? Yoga, of course, with Adrian, and also... Some fitness work Ooh. with Dr. Matt Weiss. Let's get fit. At Center of Movement. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And you already went there once, so you got a little preemptive uh, description for us? Yeah, so let's let's dive in there. So Matt Weiss, our, our guest this week, started the Center Do- of Dr. Movement. Dr. Matt Weiss. Dr. Matt Weiss. Sorry. Big time disrespect to mm. uh, someone who earned their doctorate. So Matt Weiss, Center of Movement, local Minneapolis, and he does some work up in... Uh, Golden Valley. Golden Valley. Go- just say Golden Valley. It's somewhere around there. He's got three locations. Mm-hmm, three locations, and the guy is just a phenomenal foundation trainer. He's got all kinds of stuff. He can help you with nutrition, health, um, fitness, all kinds of stuff. Anyways, he got turned on to it, and we went to one of his first classes that he coached up in Minneapolis, and it was like working out in at rainbow road on mario kart you're kidding what does that mean so you you enter in this place and it's this bigger room it's got pads on the ground you got stations everywhere like rowing machines kettlebells and they just got music blasting like boom 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 low lights and just flashing lights is it like strobe lights yeah and then here comes matt weist and to give you a little description matt weist is six five yeah. roughly and he's he's a strong human yeah oh he's built mm. he's built and so he comes in dude just all oh, this big dude kind of see a silhouette you can't really make out but he's got like this uh he's got this microphone and he's just like kind of like tony robbins a little bit yeah and you go, all right hitters let's go now he doesn't say that but he he, he introduces himself <laughs> a line dude let's go get in your spot you know something like that not not actually like that um, he seems like a, I mean, speaking to him for an hour, he he uh, he doesn't have that voice. Does, does he change his uh, his kind of attitude a little bit? Because he seemed pretty soft spoken when he was with us. Yeah, no, he's he's he gets fired up. Okay, for sure, right on. And anyway, so you have like your spot that you're supposed to. You have a locker with a number, and then that number correlates to where you're supposed to stand in the place. And uh, man, it's crazy. 
just a good workout. Yeah, so 45 we, minutes. So uh, in October, we're definitely going to attend a few more of those mm-hmm. to truly get the experience of Dr. Matt Weeks because we sat down with an hour. We sat down with him for an hour, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Speaking to a person that we have had no prior interaction with than when he walked in that door. We had only talked to him on Instagram. That's how we got in contact with him. Grow locally. Dr. Matt Wiest is that connection that will grow us to the next level. Absolutely. Let's get after this interview, dude. It's all about collaboration. It's all about health, chiropractic. It's, it's unbelievable. Enjoy. Before we get to this interview with Dr. Matt Wiest, I want to talk to you about a collaboration situation that we have going on with Stationary Astronaut, Skyline Specs, hopefully MB Outdoors, and your back pockets. Absolutely. So what we need you to do, it's very simple. We need you to go to uh, the post from either us, Stationary Astronaut, or Skyline Specs. You need to tag two people. You need to like the post. And then you need to, uh, that puts you in for a giveaway. And the giveaway entails a shirt from us, some gear from Stationary Astronaut, and your very own pair of Skyline Specs. That's something that fires me up, Declan. I want to be a part of that, and I want as many marketing interns to show out for our collaboration. We need to prove that we're a worthy candidate for this collaboration. Mm -hmm. So marketing interns, lock in, fire up, and start interacting on this collaboration event. Absolutely. It's going to be going on all October. Is that correct? Correct. All of October, you'll see it, Skyline underscore Specs, on Instagram. Get after it. Welcome, Dr. Matt Wiest, to the Back Pocket Podcast. How you doing today, Matt? I'm good. Excited to be here up in the up in the dungeon up here. I like yeah, it. We, we like to call this place the Washington Den. Nice. Yep. And this is our second one, so 2.0. Yeah. All right. It's a wild time up here. We have AC now. So previously, in our first rev or revision of our Washington Den, we didn't have any sort of airflow, and we would just like in this time of the year, we'd be sweating. We'd probably do shirts off. In the, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I've seen seen some some, some, some of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've we've upgraded now, but uh, you, you've come to, at the right point. So uh, Matt, thank you for coming, and we like to start off these interviews kind of getting a familiarity with you in a humble sense. So this question is your average quality. What would be your average quality? And we like to frame it in something that you do well sometimes, and other times it, you struggle with it. And at the end of the day, this is your average quality. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that. My average quality is that I am, I have a sense of organized chaos in my life. So it's something that I'm really trying to work on because everything makes sense to me. But as you're trying to build with anything, it also has to make sense in systems. So even, so from the outside looking in, it's very chaotic, everything that I'm doing. But I got a good grasp on it and I'm trying to figure out how to not be so chaotic, but still organized in my own brain. So... Okay, so how do you prioritize then? Because you got a lot going on in your life. People can obviously see that. But then how do you conquer each individual task, you know, prioritize, understand what to hit first, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so priorities for me, I mean, family is a big priority for me. And then as far as business goes, my, I think the number one priority for me is just opportunities to teach or to educate or to meet people where they're at. Um, I feel like a lot of good things come out of that, um, and that's kind of like the trickle down. So if I can have opportunities to impact somebody, no matter what it is, that's my first priority in in my realm anyway. I like that a lot. And, uh, providing value goes a long way in giving that person an opportunity. Um, but for all of our marketing interns out there that don't know Dr. Matt Wiest, 
Can you provide a little bit of a background of uh, who you are and why we decided to reach out to you today? Yeah, so yeah, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I've been in practice now for about three years. Uh, I've worked at a clinic uh, out of school for about a year and a half or two years and then decided in March of 2017 to kind of spread my wings and see if I could fly or not. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, so I kind of took the plunge. Uh, we were expecting our second kiddo at the time, so traditionally not the best time to start a business, but I don't think there ever is a good time. So I just kind of decided that it was time to go. And yeah, from there, I uh, opened up my practice, which is called the Center of Movement. Uh, we're in Golden Valley in two different locations there, and then one in Edina. Sweet. That's yeah. wild. So how did you develop your passion for like wanting to be a chiropractic doctor? Yeah, so I I think it really started, I knew that I wanted to be in healthcare and I knew that, that I wanted to help people. Uh, and I, I played sports my whole life and I was involved in hockey and rugby. Um, I, I thought I wanted to be a dentist at one point and I shadowed a few dentists and none of them liked their jobs. Actually, mo three out of the five told me, don't be a dentist. So that was oh, not no a way. good sign. Mm. Could have been a bad day, uh, but three out of five in the profession telling you not to do what they're doing is not a good sign. Yeah, you got to take say. that note and, <laughs> and run with it. Yeah, and, it, and like I said, it could have just been my sign that that wasn't the right calling for me. Uh, but then, that uh, just to shorten the story a little bit, on the flip side, I, I had a trainer at the time who was in chiropractic school, and he was just pumped about everything and everything fitness health and wellness movement and uh it got me excited and i was like oh this guy's you know this guy's really excited about what he's doing i should kind of i had not really much experience with chiropractic at that time so then i went and shadowed a bunch of different chiropractors and i discovered that there is a very wide spectrum of what our scope of practice is but the common theme is there's a lot of fire and passion in chiropractic and i think that the cool thing about chiropractic is a lot of it is small business too like it's not necessarily as big in the hospital setting uh so because of that i mean you you better be passionate about it yeah because I, otherwise you're not helping anybody absolutely so. <laughs> that's so cool and that's good to know because i i realized it but really didn't put that together usually the chiropractic um studios what do you what would you call them? clinic or, clinic yeah. okay you, usually they're just like doctor so-and-so right clinic it's never um, you don't that big name. So I guess you can go to like the hospital, Alina, Alina, yeah. like that. But there's a, so many small family-owned um, chiropractic clinics. That's really cool. Why is that, by the way? Like, why why isn't chiropractic more in general healthcare? I think that for one, it's. I mean, there's definitely a time where it was not very readily accepted by, especially the Western like our culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and to be honest, we're very much so in 2018 we're we're very much a fix the symptom type of culture especially in the west like in north america mm -hmm. so i think that you know i love pharmaceuticals i think that they're very necessary i'm not a western medicine hater but i i do think that our culture kind of breeds that abuse to that system uh, and i think there's there's just it's such so much more readily accepted to just go in you have symptoms xyz here's the medication for that, good to go. And not so much like, all right, well, let's sit down and figure out what's going on because to be honest, a lot of people don't think they have time or wanna have time to 
figure out what's going on. They just want to feel better. So trying to break that mold a little bit, but no, and you and yeah. you're definitely seeing a, more of a trend of people wanting to figure out that, those type of things, like you've mentioned. It's uh, it's cool to that. I feel like it's a lot in our generation right now that um, are recognizing they want to be healthy for a longer time, and they know that these medications that are over the counter aren't the answer. And it's chiropractic um, clinics, or it's learning like proper nutrition. It's getting down to the source, getting down to the food, and you have the organic movement and the and, and food industry, um, which is really helping. I, allegedly, I'm not too fam- I'm not too familiar with how organic food works, but <laughs> I think I mean we only have to get into specifics about like diets and stuff because that's really not what we're all about. But from our experience of getting on like these health and fitness gurus, I guess is what we call them, is it's very simple. It's if. Like we had another guest on before and he was like, the first thing I start with my clients is just have them drink water before they go to bed and in, in the morning. Yeah. And then once they conquer that, they gain confidence to do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. But it's these small tasks that add up over time that help you become healthier and for, for a longer period of time. For sure. Yeah. Have you guys read the book, The Slight Edge? I have not. You got to check out The Slight Edge. Okay. Yeah, what's, what's that all about? I mean, it's basically what you just said, actually. It's, oh, right on. It's small, consistent changes over time will yield the most results. And in health, but also in relationships, in finance, in business, anything, it's super easy to make a very good decision, but it's also just as easy, if not easier, to just not make that good decision because mm-hmm. it's so easy. So you start to trend both ways. You kind of have this split at one point where everything starts to yield either to the good or to the bad. Uh, one of the examples I think he uses in the book, I think, ah, now I can't remember if it's Jeff Olson, I think is the author of the book. Okay. Uh, but anyways, one of the examples he uses is you could, you know, you could be an obese person that eats a salad every single day for five weeks and you could maybe lose one or two pounds. But if you ate a salad every single day for two years or five years or 10 years, you would see massive changes in your health. And then the opposite, you could be somebody who doesn't gain a pound of weight or doesn't have any health issues, eat a cheeseburger one time a day uh, or one once a day for like six weeks mm-hmm. and not gain a pound. But if you did that for five years, you'd be in trouble. So it's a great point. Yeah. I, so that's funny you mentioned that because right now I'm in the situation and I think Declan could say the same as we get away with a lot of the food we eat. Like last night for dinner, I ate a Jack's pizza. Yeah. I walked down to <laughs> the, uh, the Super America down the street and I grabbed two Jack's pizza because mm-hmm. one for tomorrow night and one for tonight because I did not get a chance to go to the grocery store. Um, but that's so true. I mean, like I will be able to get away with this for only so long and then all of a sudden I'll notice it, but mm-hmm. I should have noticed it a while ago. For sure. What are some of those things that um, you kind of help uh, your clients with uh, whether it's stretching or whether it's doing things on their own or in um, eating properly, what are some of those recommendations you have for your clients? Yeah, so very similar to, I didn't get a chance to listen, to, I don't know if you've even published it at this point, but the guest you were talking about, I didn't get a chance to listen to him. Ken uh, Laji, he's a, what's he, he does a, he's more specifically like a diet, but it's for everyone. He calls himself a habit changer. Yeah. I appreciate that. He's, uh, he's, down, he's located in Florida, mm-hmm. a family friend, uh, or Jordan Roberts. Uh, friend connected us with Keenan and cool. he is he really kind of inspired us to to talk to more people in that situation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's very similar. It's it's basically just, you know, small changes over time. So when I was in chiropractic school, our uh the way our curriculum was set up was in trimesters. So we had 3 a year and I had a professor in my first year tell us like it doesn't have to be it, it doesn't have to be necessarily nutrition related or 
you know, mindfulness related, but just pick three things that you want to improve on for the next four months. And that's it. It could be as small as eat one vegetable a day, or it could be get more than five hours of sleep a day because that's an area that you're struggling in. Mm. And basically if you do that for four months, something that's almost mindless that you just, you just show up and do it. It's, it's again, easy to do, easy not to do, but if you're at least thinking about it and getting it done after four months, he gave you permission to just abandon those changes if you wanted to, and then pick four or three new ones. But what we noticed is that those changes just became so easy to do. It was just like part of who you were. So then by the end, you know, you keep on doing this every, you know, every four months or a couple times a year, you're going to accumulate a lot of really good changes that hopefully will just keep compounding. Mm. So, and we're making it sound really simple right now. But there's probably someone out there that's like, man, I've gone to a chiropractor like once. He fixed me up, got me all lined up, you know, and then I was good and I didn't have to do it again. What do you say to someone like how do you retain clients? You know, how do you in the in the area of chiropractic, it's very easy to to uh, be recurring, but also not to be recurring. So how do you um, maintain that kind of lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. So um the, my business name, The Center, is actually an acronym for Chiropractic Education, Nutrition, Therapeutic Exercise, and Recovery. So those are you know, kind of the services that I offer, but at the same time, I think the biggest piece is the education, and I have to add value every single time that person comes in, and I, I'm also not going to dictate what's valuable to them. So if I get them to feel better for the reason that they came in, you know, I set up a treatment plan because I still am the professional. I have to give them, you know, my professional opinion. This is what the treatment plan looks like. At that point, I want to give them the option of like, hey, look, this is your, the reason you came here, we've, we figured out we're good to go. You have the option now to, you know, this is your unofficial discharge date, or we could continue care. And, you know, maybe you've always struggled with a pull up, or maybe, you know, you've got a couple extra pounds that you're trying to lose, or you feel like you're, you know, you feel like you're, you, you can't do a certain activity anymore because, you're scared it's going to hurt your back. The education piece becomes so important because that's what people that I want to see want. So there's a very, I, not, I mean, I want to help as many people as I can, but to be honest, I really want to help the people that want to help themselves because those, that's my target audience, I guess, or mm-hmm. my ideal patient is somebody who is understands the value of like, hey, I want to be empowered to fix myself. I don't want to rely on you to fix me every time I'm hurting. Mm. So if I can find people like that that are, you know, see the value in that empowerment. That's, that's the biggest thing is, and you end up attracting those people, you know, like the person that wants to get cracked every other day. I mean, I'm not going to do that for them and they're not going to, they're not going to see me anymore because I won't do that for them. It's just not, it's not the right fit. There are places out there that plenty of places that maybe would do that for them, but Mm -hmm. it's just about finding that, that, I guess, prospective patient. Mm-hmm. So the center, the, the center. center, absolutely. It's, Finding the center. Yeah. And it's mutual. <laughs> it Add, is. Adding yeah. value is mutual. And that's what I tell patients all the time. I'm like, you, you hired me, you can fire me too. Like, don't feel like you got to be here. If, if you're not getting what you need or if we're not a good match, we, we shouldn't, you know, it's not, I, I want to help you, but it's not always the right fit and that's mm-hmm. okay. There's, especially with the hands-on healthcare, it's so much more an art than uh, you know, it's so much more an art than just like a clear cut, like X, Y, Z equals ABC. Uh, there's, you have to find someone that you trust. You have to find someone that, you know, fits the same goals as you, as far as treatment goes. Uh, and I think that's one of the most important things is finding people that see that value in you and you can help them because 
if if they don't see that, if they're not, if you know, if they don't trust what you're doing, or if, you know, you have to, if you have to convince somebody of something, that's not, that's not what it, this is about. No, so. yeah, we heard that actually in like a business setting. She said, "Don't use the word convince when you're trying to pitch someone your um, your product." Yeah. and that goes the same way. When oh, you're, yeah. you can't you can't try to convince someone a that service. hey, I, as, as a service as well, yeah. I'm going to be the best service no matter what. No, it's mm -hmm. never the case. You ha have to adjust and adapt to every situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going. Why? So you you're talking about your target audience, right? The people that want to get themselves better, mm -hmm. better themselves. We're seeing a huge trend in a ton more people that are like that. Andrew, mm -hmm. myself, Mark over here included, right? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I honestly, I mean, I see the same trends and I honestly think that we've hit a rock bottom almost as far as like healthcare goes. Like we're, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the United States of America spends multiple times more dollars on healthcare than any other country. And we rank out of the developed nations, some, like in the bottom three, as far as like our quality of health. Oh, so it is it is terrible. We're in huh. rough shape. But I think that we've kind of started to see this and been like, you know what, like, and I think a big part of it too is it kind of goes parallel with like the tech generation, and we're way more educated than ever. I think. I mean, there might be other generations that disagree with millennials, and you know a lot of different stereotypes whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i think that millennials and future generations are way more educated than anyone else on some of this stuff because they're they're getting they're digging they're figuring this stuff out and they they have resources to do it instead of just going based off of well this is what my neighbor said or this is what my uncle said or this is what my parents did it's now like well if i want to find out i can just network look it up mm -hmm. you know go to the source figure it out i think we're just a lot more driven that way and i don't know if I, I think that that carries over into healthcare as well so yeah fine i mean there's so many people out there that they want more than just finding a crutch to feel better this week they want to figure out like well what can i do so i can still go and play rugby and not have the same nagging thing happen or that i can do crossfit and my shoulder is not going to you know be bugging me every time i push something overhead mm -hmm. they're interested in figuring out what's causing that and same with nutrition there's Love a lot it. of people out there that are trying to find the truth it, online. Like they're just going to find it through searching seven different articles and like they find a common theme and all of them like, all right, that's what you need to do to cure, so, to cure shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. And it's not that easy. I mean, like I, granted there are the answers on there, but then um, it, it revolves around what you've kind of been mentioning already is the commitment level that follows that. So like sure. people will say on an article, like this is what solves it and they'll try it for a week and like my shoulder still hurts. Mm -hmm. But, um, for me, at least, I've, I have like this constant knee pain from seventh grade when I was had six inches. I grew in one summer, mm -hmm. so then I had wow. like yeah, I had Oshkosh Slaughters, and my knee was uh, inflamed. I hate that one. That's always a mouthful. It's a it's a mouthful, <laughs> right? And, and when I'm uh, what is it, twelve years old at the time, I'm telling like my cross country coach, "Sorry, I can't run today. I have Oshkosh um, but like the bones were touching each other and then like it inflamed and it's constant and it's hurt ever since. Yeah. And like I, I'll stretch for like a week and it'll feel better because my quad will like release the pain and then my, it'll help my knee pain. Um, and then it'll come, it'll come back three months later. See, so just to pause right there, like 20 years ago, I don't know if people would even know what a quad was. To be honest, I mean, not, that's a little exaggerated, but you know what I mean? Like or or Ashton Slaughter. Definitely not Ashton Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like 
you, you obviously looked into it and there's probably there's probably even been videos specific to that mm -hmm. that claim to help that so the flip side of our tech revolution that we're on is there's also a lot of terrible information out there mm. and not that you know i think that they're good intentions for the most part uh but i think that what people kind of like i was saying about the art of hands-on therapy or hands-on healthcare is that you have to find that that right match and every single body is different than the next body so with healthcare, that's not you know you're not symptom control so it's not like a medication and even with medication it's not a guarantee that this is going to help this but with hands-on healthcare, i mean it's not there's no guarantee it, it depends on the person's body so that's why it's kind of like that adjust and react like if i find something that's not adding up then i've got to go a different direction with it and that happens daily which is part of the reason i love my job is it's not that cookie cutter day-to-day -day, clock in clock out every single day is a different and i'll have two patients come in that present the exact same and they react completely different to treatments and that's just reality that's mm -hmm. no day is the same no day is the same so you, you <laughs> mentioned you're like i love my job yeah. which is great to hear from two guys who love podcasting <laughs> and you know we want to we want to we want this to be something that we can wake up at 5 a.m. and go to every day. Like, I think that would be our dream. Yeah. And I want to know, you're, so you're sitting, how old were you when you started Center of Movement? Uh, 28. Okay, so you're 28. You have one kid. You have one more on the way. Mm -hmm. And you have already mentally decided, like, okay, now's the time. I want to start this thing and go. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, what? What's that all like? I want to. I want to kind of dive in and unpack what was going on in your mind at that time. It's kind of. I wish I had like a, a different answer, but it really wasn't that scary for me. And I'm not trying to sound like cocky or something, but I just knew so like so deeply that this is what I was supposed to do. Mm. That it was like I just there was no other like that was it. I was doing it, and that was. I mean, I think the biggest. I think we talked a little bit about like confidence. Um, and I think that the best way that you can build confidence is if you can just be completely authentic with what you're doing. I was in a situation that was not necessarily better or worse than what I'm doing now. It just was not my great greatest fit. And I wasn't being authentic. I was, I was telling people stuff that I, you know, I was confident in, but at the same time, I just was like, I, I could do this differently and I wish I could, I, you know, there's different ways that I could go about this. Mm -hmm. And, I, I think that the best advice that I can give anybody starting any business is just be as completely authentic as you can because no one's going to stop you. I mean, they can't. If you're, if you're just being you and you're just being the best, and no one else can be better at that than you. So mm -hmm. that's the beauty of going back into chiropractic is like we have – the downside is it's a little confusing for people because I think people think like, well, I'll go to the chiropractor and I'll get this service done. I'll get my back cracked or whatever whatever people think, I don't know. But I think the crazy thing is there's over 300 different techniques in our profession. So when somebody tells me they've been to a chiropractor, it basically means nothing because I can almost guarantee they have not had a, the same experience mm -hmm. as they did that the second time they went or the third time they went. It's just, there's so much, our scope of practice is so large and there's so many different techniques, which is confusing for the general public a little bit. But on the flip side, it gives us that creativity to truly just like be ourselves and help people in the best way that we know how um there is some cloudiness with that because you can take advantage of that with different marketing groups or you know trying to turn healthcare into primarily a business instead of healthcare, mm -hmm. uh which that's a whole nother topic but yeah. <laughs> yeah. well i think there's just a lot of people trying to attack this healthcare issue 
a million different ways. We had a guy on by the name of Shad Ireland back in April, I want to say, maybe maybe yeah. prior to that. Mm-hmm. Inspirational story. And he was just, it ended up like he was just trying to attack healthcare to help people get better. And I think that's that's really the gist of it at this point is yeah. like how can these professionals help you get better mm-hmm. in whatever type of um, situation you're in. And there's a million ways to attack it. How do you stay away from like the strict like business side of it? How do you, I guess, how do you deliver that authenticity? I mean, my my filter is always the first thing I look at when I'm like attacking any situation is like, is this something that I would actually like to do, mm-hmm. or is this just like a good business decision? Sure. And so I've made some bad decisions for sure because I just do what I like to do, and sometimes that's not the best business decision, right. but. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, after all the dust settles, it's paid me well just to, I mean, that's my filter. Just, is this something that I enjoy? Is this something that I like to do? And does it speak to my brand? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then I'm doing it for sure. Consistently speaking to your brand. That's great to mention because mm-hmm. I want to touch on that. Um, so you created a, a, a small business. Um, while you're going through that process, were you, did you find yourself using a lot of stuff you did? you learn from the past and from your previous experiences or was it reaching out to other chiropractic clinics? Um, Kind of walk me through that line of actually getting your business up and running. Yeah. So it was, I think at the time, maybe there was a little bit of animosity towards my current situation and I didn't realize how much I was actually using from that situation. So I, I, if you would have asked me two months into my practice, I would have been like, Oh, I learned nothing there. I'm doing things completely different. And I, you know, you know, whatever. That was not even a stepping stone. This is just my first chapter. Now, most of what I learned was from that situation for sure. Uh, just being able to be flexible with some of the things that I maybe, you know, didn't find as valuable to fit my authenticity and try to like go in a different direction with it. But the concepts were all, were all from there. I mean, the group that I worked with is phenomenal, phenomenal business guys. They're, they're smart. I'm friends with them. Uh, and it's been a great it's been great to you know be able to pick their brains still even though we have a mutual respect we do things quite a bit differently and that's uh, also is really important to note like when your first job cuz a lot of our listeners are 18 to 25 year olds yeah. uh, either in college or recent graduates some are entrepreneurs and their first thing they'll probably fail at i mean yeah. that's just the reality and you can look at that and be like oh wow like i really failed and what am i going to do now mm-hmm. um and that's kind of maybe how you felt to start with that yeah. that previous experience. But then you quickly realize, like, I learned a lot whether I'm going to do this or not. That doesn't matter. But what I did, I helped myself guide me to the next situation of saying, I did it this way. Now I want to do it this way. So sure. it, it definitely, like you said, you realize that it, it took you into your next experience. Exactly. One of my mentors kind of describes situations like that as just life tuition. Like, you you have to pay your dues to learn. If you're not going to, if you don't, no one just, I shouldn't say nobody very few just fall into situations mm-hmm. you have to like you know carve your path and part of that is paying that tuition you have to you have to learn so mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. one thing that you really preach and i've noticed is collaboration yes <laughs> you love it and we're all about collaboration out here at the back pocket how are you collaborating right now yeah so because you're trying to grow locally right i mean this sure, is yeah. this is your home state this is my home. yeah this is this is where it's happening so yeah i I would say uh, we briefly brought up, I, ha- I actually have a podcast as well that's kind of on a hiatus right now. 
Should um, we plug it still? Yeah. <laughs> Should we plug it so that know. we force you to to get back start? on the horse? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. All right. So it's caffeination and inspiration is what it's called. Yo. Uh, yeah. So nice like title, yeah. dude. <laughs> and you and you put this on hiatus? I did. <laughs> Terrible decision. Bro. So, so the concept of that podcast was. Have you guys heard of the, it's, I don't know if it's a blog or it's a journal or a paper, but it was called 52 Cups of Coffee. Uh, It was a business student, um, I can't remember, somewhere out east, and she did a project where she documented every week she would go and meet for coffee with a complete stranger. I love this already. Yeah. So I, and I loved it too. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is awesome. So I kind of, I, I, I loved that. And I was like, well, I want to steal her idea because that was really cool. So I got to figure out how I can make this my own life tuition, right? Mm-hmm. So I took that and uh, I created this podcast, which at the time I was just like, well, po- the podcast part will just be the vehicle to meet these people because no one's going to want to be like, hey, I'm this guy. Like, you want to go for coffee? If I don't have a reason why they'd want to meet for coffee with me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I started this podcast and basically I took two inspiring just badass people in my life that i thought were you know doing awesome things in their lane not necessarily health i mean it ended up being they both were in fitness or health and wellness Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs and then the concept was i interviewed them separately and then they would refer me someone in their life that was inspiring or passionate or driven or you know just another badass in their life so anyway so this thing spidered and i met so many cool people because it just kept on going deeper and deeper into like, well, this person is inspired by this person. And then that person is inspired by this person. And I ended up meeting just some amazing people, uh, which because of that kind of definitely catapulted my business, uh, just from networking, especially most of the people I met were local. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that really helped me in my business and it's funny because just in the last three or four months I look back and realize that almost everything that I'm involved in now somehow is sparked from a relationship I built in that experience so hence I need to start doing that podcast again because there's no limit to where that could go if I just kept doing it I -hmm. I mean I could I'm busy now so it's on my back burner but like what's busy I mean like what's the priority I mean I don't know for me I just I get high off of meeting people and like this like I get I love just like talking and meeting people and picking brains and figuring out people's stories and so yeah so I need to yeah need to get back on the podcast I love That's hearing awesome. that because <laughs> that go. was similar to us and that is similar to us in regards to just like finding that next guest it's hey who do you think would be a great fit for back pocket and the next person will say these these people could fit and then we reach out to them and then two or three respond right. and one commits yep. and then the same thing happens the next time it's so cool like the people just continue the train moving with recommendations and that's kind of how we do it as well and, and i've never we've never met yeah we've only communicated on instagram yeah we don't have each other's numbers emails like yep. talk about professionalism like this is the real <laughs> this is uh 2020 2018 yep. like communication just communicating on instagram dm, DM. that's what we did <laughs> well, what's nuts is like so stationary astronaut nick yeah. mclaughlin so he um we just had him on the podcast recently and his then, episode's releasing um, on September 8th, 17th. 17th. Yes. It released on September, September 17th. Because it's actually Good call. Anyways, <laughs> I had to really think through that one. But, um, Inception. Anyways, like it was as simple as I saw he followed you. Our sponsor, MB Outdoors, they follow you. Oh, yeah. Austin cool. Doomer, yeah, yeah. Bryce, all those guys, they're a sponsor of our podcast. And your logo, 
I'm from Colorado. It looks oh, like no the way. Colorado logo, That's so which, funny. by the way, get some T-shirts coming. We, <laughs> yeah. can, get, we can get some promo, a little nice. giveaway action. There you go. Cross promotion, yep. collaboration. Collaborate. Mm-hmm. But anyways, like, it was those three things where I was like, all right, this guy, this guy's doing something right because my two favorite people are following this guy. He's a local dude. Let's get him on. And like, literally, a couple DMs later, you're here. It's yeah. crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's all about that. I mean, networking and just. Like the collaboration thing, I mean, mm-hmm. I think is huge because it's just about expanding, you know, crossing over circles and figuring out like how can I help you? How can you help me? What can we conquer as a bigger circle instead of just two individual circles? Absolutely. Okay. I just yeah. had an epiphany. Boom. So, let's go. So Phil, <laughs> Phil Zhao, we have, um, he's been on our show three times now and he said he's in the networking business where he is, his platform, homie.io is like LinkedIn but it's a uh, university based. So you sign okay. up for that. Um, you sign up for homie and you, for us, we're in the entire alumni base of St. Thomas. If you yeah. were to sign up Madison, correct? Wisconsin, Madison, uh, superior, superior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you'd be in that alumni pool. So he was like, but I hate the word networking. Like that's just such a formality. And it's something that I, I, I don't preach it. I want people to be building relationships, but I can't figure out like the word for it. Right. It's collaboration yeah, because collaboration, that yeah. totally sparks a mutual effort to help sure. each other versus networking is more of like me going to a, some big wig at an organization and saying, hey, can you come to coffee? And then yeah. you kind of have a mentor out of him, but really he just looks at you as like someone pestering with questions. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming at a business with a collaboration, it's a whole new ball game. It's something like, all right, I'm ready to help you. If you want to help me in some way, you can probably figure that out, but I'm not going to force that on you. Let's just do this for now, and then we'll come back to it later. And I think that's just helped us grow, and hearing it from you is another great source of, like, continue to do what we do. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, I feel like that's you're building this, like, band of people that want the same thing. It might not be, like, you guys aren't chiropractors, and I... I don't, you know, I'm not in the same field as you guys as far as, like, business and, like, have the same network, but we we both just want to get stuff done, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like... Be a hustler. Yeah, push forward, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And I think that's a great segue to this question is, you know, you are, I mean, you say we're not in the same business, but you, you've run a podcast for, you had five episodes. Uh, one of the biggest yeah. stats in podcasting is 90% of podcasts don't make it past the seventh episode. So with that being said, how can Andrew and I provide value to you? Yeah, I mean, part of it would definitely be to hang out in here more because I did all my podcasts on my iPhone okay. <laughs> with a pop filter. Yep. So. There you go, dude. There you go. That's another cool fact. Not yeah. many people know um, that a lot of podcasts are just recorded on their phones or like with some ready, re- regular mic. Like our first yeah. one, we recorded our first 60 podcasts. With that, with this right here. that $50 mic from Best Buy. Yep. Oh, yeah, that was the upgrade that I passed on because I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can afford that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was our own filter, $12. Yeah. There you go, um, dude. That was the first purchase we made, and we're like, all right, we just got to commit to it now because we spent $50. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> but, yeah, podcasts can be recorded on anything. That's the coolest thing. It's just you put it down, you have a conversation, and you kind of, like, mics kind of help you remember that you're recording something. But yeah. phones are really cool in the way of, like, you forget that you're actually on a show it's more so just a conversation so i like that like that you did it and yeah. you, you pop you put five episodes out there and you grew but we want to get you that sixth seventh <laughs> eighth one so you're no longer in that 90 percent. well that's it i have i have 16 recorded that i just have been like nervous to put out because i knew i wasn't recording more so then i 
I like I stopped I stopped recording but I stopped putting out because I knew that that would get me closer to the end so mm. I have more that I, sh- I need oh, to yeah dude. how recent was it when you stopped oh it's been it's been probably over nine months it's oh, been a okay. while yeah okay. yeah so so let's do this let's get a, a filmer Someone that is good at filming stuff, and then we'll do like one of those. I'm um, coming home, and then we'll. Uh, I bet you Nick knows some people. Yeah, no, we can <laughs> we can definitely get that going, and you know it, there'll be like multiple silhouettes of you. You'll be looking huge. Maybe we just have you run through like a brick wall because you have the physique to do that. Um, but yeah, dude, we'll we'll get you there. Awesome. And if you dude, you already have like what? If I'm doing my math right, you got 11 other episodes, mm-hmm. like. Where do you host? Do you host on your website or? Oh, man. Is Lipson a host? Yes. Lipson, yeah. yeah. But you got paid I, for Lipson though, right? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, I just kind of was. All right, we'll plug you on this one real quick. Yeah, not, here we go. Not an ad, but they, we, <coughs> we appreciate their brand. Uh, anchor.fm. Okay. Free um, to oh, upload yeah. your audio there and okay. they spread it out to all the various podcast um, yep. platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Stitcher, CastBox, etc. Um, and they're great. And their customer service is fantastic. Like, we have questions all the time. Yeah. And Brian is always there to help get us through those questions. Yo, shout out Brian from Anchor. <laughs> yeah, dude, face, faceless Brian. Faceless Brian. Getting done again. <laughs> yep. uh, that's but awesome. that's how we get our name out there. And you could use that platform yeah. and totally start getting these episodes going again. Um, What's cool? Awesome. I, but, like, your story is more phenomenal to me now that I'm realizing it is – Dude, you only put out five episodes, and you're still to this day, nine months later, saying like, "Yeah, that podcast, like me starting a podcast, has funded a lot of my business." And it wasn't because like a million people downloaded your podcast no. and you made money off that monetization. It was just it forced you to network and it forced you to start really growing your business. And I think that's really the undervalued part in the power of podcasting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I'm from Alberta, Canada, so we moved here. And we didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So when I started my working at my first place, everybody I knew in the Twin Cities was from that clinic, uh, and great great connections through that. But I knew I needed to break away from that and find my people, and uh, I didn't know what to do. So I just was like, well, I want to meet like the people that are right in my lane of the people, you know, the ones that are going to be, you know, interested in the same things as me and connected to the same kinds of people that I want to be connected to. And that was the only idea I had so mm-hmm. dang <laughs> so awesome um, kind of a side note but I was this was a question I wanted to ask was the marketing tactics that you use to promote your brand what do you find most effective here growing locally to kind of push your name to that next level yeah I would say I mean again it comes back to just doing stuff that you like like I would I, I have had some success with social media and some success with you know the traditional in our in our lane anyways traditional like going out to a trade show or going out to mm-hmm. this health putting fair. up a tent yeah putting up a tent, going to a, going to a yeah. race whatever like doing that kind of thing i've had some success with that but honestly the most success i've had is just meeting not even meeting people it's like that slow trickle of like okay well i'm going to this gym you know two days a week i'm going to this gym three days a week i go to this coffee shop every tuesday i'm just like present in the places that I like to be present at. And the more and more I can like embed myself in communities of people that I think would be interested in what I'm doing, it, I mean, it just, it's like an organic growth. And then I don't have to, it doesn't feel like marketing then, you know, it just, it's just like, I'm getting to know these people. They know what I do if they need me, which everybody needs somebody, I think. It, everyone needs to take care of their bodies. Not necessarily for me, but 
they they at least know what I do and if they want to you know take advantage of my services then they know somebody so incorporating marketing into the daily life is the coolest thing like it's not something that you're forcing on anyone right it just comes up whether you're just talking to someone like you're saying in a coffee shop or you're at the gym and someone hey you, you seem to know what you're doing over there. What do you do for a profession? Something like that. Um, this guy gets this it. This guy gets yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but the power of word of mouth is the coolest thing. Like oh, the yeah. recommendations you can get from a client of yours or just going out there and talking to someone. Granted, you said you didn't have too much success with putting up a tent, and that's kind of a forced um, situation for conversation because they didn't come here for your tent. Right. They came here for something else, and your tent just so happened to be there. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so cool to to have a conversation with someone, and then all of a sudden they text you back saying like, "Hey, listen to your podcast," or "Hey, I want to come and uh, meet you and, and work with you." Mm-hmm. So the, going out and being active in your market and growing locally, if that's what you're trying to do, that's one of the coolest things. Just doing one of your doing the day to day routine of going to the gym and marketing your brand, going to the coffee shop and marketing yourself, yep. and that's how you build your your clients. And I think that just what you said, I think I can't remember exactly what you said, but it just made me remember like it's not necessarily the way I was maybe traditionally trained in marketing was you know this is kind of your script on what you should say and you know this is going to attract these people and you know blah 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 but like you said those people are at the whatever the race to run the race not to your tent just happens to be there Mm -hmm. so they're coming into it just you know already kind of like I don't even I don't even know like I just met this guy at this place and he's you know it's that I have to convince you that I'm great you know instead of like i and i don't want to convince anybody of that i I just want them to you know i want it to be this organic thing so i've met some amazing people at those types of events but i I just feel a lot better about just letting it happen Mm -hmm. and i have this like i just made it up right now but like rule of rule of like four types of exposure like it's not necessarily going to be like, oh, I met this guy at the coffee shop on Tuesday and he thinks I'm cool, so he's going to come see me at the clinic. But, but maybe I'm wearing like my brand and he's like, oh, I think I follow you on Instagram. And then it's like, oh yeah, and then it looks like my cousin saw you or whatever. You know, it's like then there's just like cultural, um, I guess acceptance or whatever you want to call it, in, in as a part of that. And I think that it's just like that graded exposure couple times until they're like oh yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. so and I, don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how easy and how often that comes up up because i mean the power of the internet's really fueling that you know mm-hmm. 20 years ago you could have started your brand and back then it was like all right how many people can i put this in front of so that we might get into that situation it's like no you can start an instagram facebook put your stuff out on social media mm-hmm. and tons of people are going to see it but the right people are going to see it because those are the ones that follow you back and then it's just this natural what it feels like it's natural way of just putting your brand out there and then those personal connections already are starting to fire from it right because like that like you just used a random example of a guy just following you on instagram right it's crazy to me how that how that really all comes together because what really like watching football football's back right now i hate commercials dude and andrew and i will sit there (laughs) and we'll watch so many commercials because all we do is watch football on saturday and sunday but it's like dude you're getting just fed crap that you don't care about yeah that's not how marketing works anymore no marketing is targeting the right people that would want your brand for sure and that's where the authenticity comes in like Mm -hmm. you only want people to see center of movement that want to get better Mm -hmm. you're not going to an old people home and say hey come try this out 
You know, you got five years to live, but hey, I'm here for you. You know, it's like, it's just not there, man. So I think, I don't know. No, That's I, where I, my head's yeah, at. That's, that's where yeah. my head's at. No, it's, I mean, I maybe wouldn't have worded it that way, but it's so true. It's that was true. a little blunt. No, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's real, though. It is, it is very real. There's And those people need things as well, and there's plenty of people out there that can give those things to them. Right. It's just not me, maybe, you know, mm. so... Yeah. So going through this whole situation, uh, this is one of the questions we ask all of our guests, and it has to do around, it has to deal with failure, um, and kind of how you attack that after failure. Um, what would be in your back pocket, your attribute, your habit that you respond to when failure is presented? I would say, let's see. So, like, what is how? What is my go-to reaction to? What failure? is your reaction? Yeah. What would you say? you kind of resort to internally when stress becomes or when um, pressure becomes stress and anxiety rises and there's like that situation of unknown what kind of do you what's your next step what's your next course of action i would say that i i just really try to like step back from the situation and just try to clear my head because i've made some really dumb decisions under stress and like reactive and that's especially with what i'm doing is i'm trying to teach people not to be so reactive with their health so you know mental health is is health as well so if i'm if i'm not living that and i'm you know being reactive to whatever stresses are in my life whether it's business or relationships or anything it and i'm not perfect but i really try hard not to do that is because it just usually ends up getting you into a deeper hole (laughs) it's like doing making a decision out of desperation instead of like just taking a step back you know you're still going to be stressed tomorrow, so you might as well just wait it out another day and then figuring out, like, you know what, this is actually better if I just stuck the course and or tried to do this instead instead of just making that irrational, like, all right, well, let's throw all the eggs over here then, I guess. <laughs> so do you have, like, a story or something um, maybe specific that you can detail and unpack for us where uh, you, you failed and you just – it sucked, but you did it, you know? Yeah, I, I don't – in my current business, I, I've had – struggles for sure i wouldn't say that i've had big failures yet and but as in my professional career i definitely have had failures with my first job and um not to get into all the details but i was in a very dark place at one point where i didn't even know if i wanted to continue to do chiropractic at all Mm -hmm. Uh, and because i was very overwhelmed with the business side of it and i think looking back now it's because i just wasn't being true to myself at all and uh i was overwhelmed with like i hated and and that's not the answer either but at the time i just hated the idea of money i hated the idea of like asking people to pay me for care i hated that it was all about numbers and it was all about like quotas and all these things because it's really difficult as the healthcare provider to also ethically be the business owner there's it's a fine line it really is and it's i'm just being honest it's it's hard every day because you want to make sure that people are seeing you and getting value out of it and you're not again convincing somebody to see you because you have some lights to keep on mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a difficult balance but anyways i was at a, at a point w- where i was where it was, it was super dark and uh, i could have at that point just bailed and tried to start my own then but i knew that my my personal place that I was in was not the place of a 
business owner entrepreneur Mm. so I just kind of like dialed it back I really just kind of collected myself and it was like six months of you know I I wasn't slacking but I wasn't like going over the end to, to work my ass off and I was just trying to protect my energy and yeah then I got to a point where that built back up and my passion and fire came back thank goodness because it was, it was a scary point I mean I'm a very passionate guy in most areas of life and to not have that for a little while was like it was scary mm. <laughs> it was thanks very, for sharing that no, yeah, that's cool. yeah that's it was, big it wasn't it wasn't it was not a, it was not a happy time but no. anyways so I think that learning from that is like you know what I I'm glad that I did it that way because if I would have just jumped then and tried to start out I think I would have been still mentally fried and I wouldn't have been excited and then if I wasn't excited or passionate I wouldn't have been authentic because I would have been scrambling to try to build my business instead Mm -hmm. of just living my own life and letting you know making things happen so talking about stepping back and reflecting that's exactly it that's yeah. awesome, and you shared it perfectly, and I hope our marketing interns can take a lot from that because at the end of the day, the goal of our show is for these marketing interns to have these tools that they're hearing from other people. They're like, oh, I didn't know you could do it that way, or that actually does work to do it that way, and I think that's a perfect example of a tool of reflection. I mean, a lot of people preach it. It's written in all types of books and everything, mm-hmm. but that's a perfect example of like, hey, I need to step back and actually evaluate the situation I'm in. Granted, I don't feel great about it right now, but there's an opportunity for growth out of this. Yeah, and I mean, going back to like the way, like you said, there's certain things that are done over and over again, uh, like in like social media. Like if you look at any, uh, not any, most chiropractic social media pages or even health and wellness pages are very much so. There's the guy that's bent over with like lightning bolts coming out of his back because he's in so much pain and it's like (laughs) schedule your appointment you know Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that but I just decided that that's not what I wanted my brand to look like at all because I don't want to have people see me as a manual solution I want them to see me as like a solution for educating them on what they can do for themselves empowerment is big for me uh, but it's that's not how we learned it we didn't learn it where you should just like post pictures of you in the park doing fitness things if you're a chiropractor but shirts off shirts off <laughs> maybe <laughs> but that's what I like to do so mm-hmm. and you know maybe I get the odd person ask me a question about like well hey what why are you doing this weird position like what is that rehabbing or what do you, you know mm-hmm. and then I know that that person is super invested because they're interested they want to they want to know how they can apply that to their life or they just want to make fun of me either way it's, it's fine Absolutely. <laughs> either way it's authentic yeah either way it's just i'm just doing what i'm doing All right I, oh, yeah. you're living your life man i think that's instead that's of phenomenal. convincing somebody that i'm the best clinic in the six mile radius of especially i mean this is true to a lot of areas but in the twin cities i mean there's a there's a school here a chiropractic school so and the, the it's a very saturated market and you can look at that as a good thing or a bad thing but mm-hmm. i don't think it's either it's just you still have to do the same thing. You still have to just put the same work in. It doesn't really matter who else is around. Mm-hmm. So just reality. Yeah, just, exactly. just reality. <laughs> yep. So with with it being uh, more or less saturated, but just there's a lot lot of it out there. How do you stay on the leading edge? How do you um, not convince people that you're better, but just what your brand marketing your brand? How did how would someone come across you and be like, oh, these guys are way different than that guy? I think that. Uh, just shifting my focus away from like trying to 
appeal to everybody and anybody and just mm-hmm. more so I don't even want to say niche because I don't think I have like a there's not like a, I only work with athletes it's not like that but it's more just like trying to appeal to the person like I said that's just wanting to find their own solutions and healthcare is a, a really we, we could talk I could talk about this for a long time but we're in a, in a weird place like for instance I know that there's a lot of insurance companies now that we talk about our generation being educated. There's a lot of insurance companies now uh, that are losing uh, kind of, I guess, their privilege to treating because we're just overbilling for so many things. Not not just our profession, but the med- I mean, the medical, Western profession, every everything in healthcare, we're overbilling like crazy. And uh, I was just listening to a guy that was talking about how, like for instance, a lot of these big companies now are just privately seeking people that are getting fast results because they're like, well, this guy can get my people better in three visits. And that guy has seen my guy for 42 weeks, once a week, and we dumped a ton of money over there. And I think that some of that stuff is going to change a lot. So I think, I don't even know how I got on this tangent, but. Well, yeah, let's unpack that for a sec. When you say like overbilling, Andrew and I are twenty-two, just getting into the billing game, yeah. receiving bills. How does uh, what do you what do you mean by that? So overbilling in the sense that <clears throat> there's there's a lot of things that maybe aren't completely necessary that get done that they and whether it's intentional or not, it's just there's a lot of things that don't necessarily have to happen to yield the same results. I guess I should say. Okay. Uh, I don't think a lot of this is like like people are trying to launder money or like right, right. it's like but i do i do think that it's you know there's there's just there's a lot of things that happen that don't necessarily need to happen uh and some of it is just like well that's what we always did like for instance uh imaging like i i think that mris and advanced imaging are extremely important for certain situations but as soon as somebody has back pain that's not getting better it's like well mri you know or maybe for your knee or I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's just, and to be honest, like I, the only time that with an MRI, I mean, there's not enough information in that MRI that's going to really change my course of care all the time. Uh, it's first of all, it's you laying down on your back, which most of the time people have pain when they're standing up or moving. Uh, it's also just one snapshot in time. One of my mentors compared it to, excuse me, like if you're going to buy a car on Craigslist and you just looked at the picture and you're like, yep, good. Mm. Uh, you want to take it for a test drive that's much more valuable the physical exam than a picture so mm. this is one example is like it's automatic and MRIs if you've ever had one are not cheap no. <laughs> so somebody's getting somebody's getting paid a lot of money for taking that picture and it maybe isn't as valuable as we think but that's maybe a whole that's other a, can of worms that's a great but... <laughs> metaphor because that yeah. really like that, that clicked with me and I bet you that clicked with all of our listeners because straightforward as it gets um but kind of heading towards the back end, the final two questions. For sure. Dude. Okay. Uh, seamless transition by myself right there. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, like, yeah. dude, that was yes, that was flawless. Like <laughs> I, I was really confused with this billing thing, and then when you bring up the MRI, I'm like, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I should probably learn how to touch my toes and like, you know, figure out my mobility and impingements and all that stuff first before I even hop in an MRI machine, yeah. right? Like it. It might not change your course of care, so then it's right. kind of like, well, right. But right. oh god, that's awesome. Tangents. We got to have you on again to just talk about this because this <laughs> yeah. is nuts. But uh, two final questions. The first one puts the ball in your court. It's a question we ask you in response for a question. So, do you have any questions for us that you have felt necessary since we've talked for 
53 minutes at this point. <laughs> oh, wow, 53. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I guess, so nothing specific to what we just talked about, I guess. I have lots of questions for you guys, but... Yeah, anything. <laughs> hey, fire away, man. Yeah, so what are, what are you guys' passions in life? Like, what do you want to get out of doing this podcast? Nice. All right, so we get asked this kind of frequently, and I always... I always screw it up. I feel like where it's it's always evolving. Put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my passion right now is conversation, networking, and providing value to other people. When I talked about this on a couple podcasts ago, but my whole mantra now on social media because I've recognized that like I'm on my phone a lot, and that's to me is just the reality. Um, I when I scroll through Instagram or when I'm looking for guests, like I am not just aimlessly scrolling. I'm searching and I'm searching for that next person that I think I can add value to. It's like, that's how I found you. And that's how I find all these other people. Cause I just want to f- bring value to other people without expecting anything in return because I've done it for so last probably eight months and I've just seen so much return. Yeah. So, you know, doing this podcast, providing value to other people, it's fun. I love it. It's awesome. I'm mm-hmm. passionate about it. But that's that good. Absolutely. I think that he hit the nail on the head right there. Providing value. Um, we've heard this kind of phrase a lot, I'd say, in the last two weeks. Yeah. Providing oh, yeah. value, whether it's like a Facebook ad or like an Instagram ad for like swipe up feature, like you need to provide value in that for someone to actually commit to the swipe up and then look at your information. So that's like one of the tactics to go going behind that. So how would we provide value in that? But also in that, how do you provide value just going through your life, day to day routine? I went to the barber shop the other day and uh, new barber, I never. This guy I never sat down with him before, but he was just came out with you a lot of energy, and I could have easily been like, oh, I don't like. I'm just trying to get my hair cut, bro. Like, yeah. let's get in and get out. But I totally just embraced it, and I had the whole barber shop in on our conversation. <laughs> there was four people getting their hair cut, That's so awesome. eight people in there right now, and then they were all just banter back and forth. And I'm sitting there like, dude, this is sick. Like, yeah. I, I've been here for 30 minutes, and I feel like I made an impact on someone's life because I chose to provide value. And just how you're doing it with center of movement and uh, health and fitness and just treating someone um, wholly and authentically, we're trying to do that with a mic and having a guest in front of us to explain their story. And hopefully our, our marketing interns will take something away that they can implement in their daily routine. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. I love it. And then our final question is, uh, what did you learn? So what, and we frame it from right today. So from the moment you woke up to today, right now, dude. today, yeah, from the moment you woke up to right now, what did you learn today? What did I learn today? Oh man, uh, I learned one of the things that I learned is uh, kind of, actually kind of was the answer to the first question is how uh, that organized chaos. So I currently have a an intern that's working with me, and she is like very organized, and she she's the kind of person that likes to have a lot of structure. And I'm the kind of person that does not like to have a lot of structure Mm. uh, traditionally. But I realized kind of just from conversations with her that in order for me to grow, I need to figure out a way to like hone that in a little bit. Because if you can't reproduce a system, then I don't, I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to be the face of the center of movement. I'm I'm a part of it and I started it. But in order for that to yield any growth, it can't be me. So I need to figure out how to like, yeah. So I've been figuring out, um, I guess what I learned today is that that's something that I need to learn. Mm-hmm. Sweet. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That's phenomenal. So. So that concludes our time. Matt, awesome. thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, I truly appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, guys. And that was our interview with Dr. Matt Weist. 
Thank you, Dr. Matt Weist, for coming on. What a stellar, stellar podcast interview, man. One of my favorite things, my biggest takeaway from that was when I asked him. When you started framing that situation, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I asked him, like, dude, you're 27. You had two, another kid on the way, and you started this, and you started Center Movement. And that just kind of tailspinned off into this idea that, look, if you're in an industry where, you know, you went into it caring about it and it just didn't end up how you wanted it to, leverage it into the next thing and just kind of maintain that passion. It totally put everything into perspective for us. And I hope it did the mm-hmm. same for you, marketing interns. Dr. Matt Wiest, phenomenal man. I'm so excited to continue to interact with that man at Center of the Movement this whole month of October, att- attending his uh his fitness sessions because we're I'm, we're gonna be uh, better for it. Absolutely, Alter Fitness, fifteen days in October that you can go, and it's one hundred and seventy dollars. What's the promo for it called though? I forget what it's called. I can't remember, but it's like fifteen for October. You're supposed to like just yeah. smash fifteen days in October. Do you want to promote it real quick? Sure. All right, so it's the Shred Package, fifteen sessions for one hundred and seventy dollars at Alter Fitness. We're doing it. We're all in. For the marketing interns, we're going to get huge during Sober October. I'm ready to get shredded. Absolutely. We're going to get shredded. The Alter Army, we are joining it. You should join it as well. It's going to be a lot of back end work for sure. Mm-hmm. And we, you've arrived now to the back pocket back end. Yeah. Welcome to the back end. Welcome to the back end, back end, back end, back end. Boom. Back end. Back end. Where, we, uh, where we're at our best. So thank you, marketing interns, for making it this far. We really do appreciate all the time you spent with us mm-hmm. thus far. And um, I'm excited about how we finish. You know, it's consistent. A what did you learn in a feel-good story. So let's start off with a what did you learn, Declan. Absolutely. You always know what you're getting. This week, I wanted to uh, outline uh, something that has just kind of been on my mind recently in the last couple of days, and I've recognized it about myself. I learned that, like, I need to be more patient. Mm. Patience is such a virtue, and I need to realize, like, how young I actually am. So I'm pulling this up right now because I wanted to really get the, get the facts for you marketing interns. So in the last 10 years... Companies that have started. Snapchat, Tinder, Uber, Instagram, Fitbit, Spotify, Dropbox was 11 years, Twitter was 12 years ago, WhatsApp, Quora, Kickstarter. 10 years. It's all it took for them to become an absolute dominating presence in your daily lives. 10 years. 10 years. We're 22 years old. That was when we were 12. Exactly. When we're 32... What's it going to be? What's it going to be? So when I, here's where I get all jacked up. So we, we just got shirts and like, I've been wanting to sell these, all of the shirts that we just bought right away. And you know, that sucks. It's not, it's hard for me to push forward as quick as I want to sometimes. And it really like, it gets me anxious, dude. It like, it really, it, it's a, it, it takes a toll on me. And there's a lot of stuff with this podcast that I want to happen tomorrow, but it, that's just not the reality. And when we look at other people in our lives right now, like Giselle, who's just turned 29, stationary astronaut, who's 30. These people are only... These, Matt Weiss. Matt Weiss, 30, 31. 31, exactly. We look at these people and they're old, right? We're like, oh, these guys are way older than us. But dude, they got so much time. Gary Vee, who's like 44 or whatever, he's looking at them saying they're young and he's saying he's young, right? So we just got to understand we're young 22-year-old guys and... Stay patient, love the process, and just keep this thing going. Stay patient, man. That's the name of the game. Stay patient. What did I learn? A little more, something a little more simple. Kind of going off what I learned a few times, a few podcasts ago, with interacting with your barber and just being in the moment. 
Nice. Well, this kind of uh, goes a different direction. And it's I learned this today when I had to go uh, do a drug test for a job that I'm about to have. Nice. So I had to just prove that I'm sober. Uh, and You did that. And I did that. Good work. Thank you. Proud of you. Thanks. So I brought, but I brought a book and I sat down. It was actually, I thought I was going to be there for an hour because, you know, waiting, you never, playing the waiting game is just brutal. I didn't want to sit there on my phone because there might not have been Wi-Fi and then I would have been using data. And that's a whole nother, what did you learn? But uh, I brought a book, Fail Until You Don't, like I told you last week. And I started reading it, but right away the lady said, Andrew. So I I don't even think I got one sentence in. And I brought the book in because I didn't want to leave it out there and she immediately said oh what book were you reading and we spent 20 minutes talking about the book before like i even had to like, fill out the paperwork and whatnot because all she wanted to do it was the, i was the first customer she had that day yeah and all she wanted to do was engage and i totally just bought the bait and i engaged right back with her and had a sweet conversation talking about bobby bones so she had read the book already she had not i was just telling her all about it and okay. why i started reading it and she was telling me some of the books that she started reading and it was just a sweet conversation so that got me thinking, what other times can you bring a book? When you're getting your oil changed, mm-hmm. bring your book. When you're going to the dentist, bring your book. And if you don't even read it, that's fine. But it will spark a conversation, I bet. Someone will see that book and be like, oh, why'd you start picking up that book? And maybe it's a person sitting next to you also waiting for uh, the dentist. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, it's just a cool little thing that can people have a little more awareness in their lives. And it can help uh, create a relationship that you might not have experienced. I love that. Like also books are so valuable and are so full of information and you're, it's clearly, it's clear to me that Bobby Bones and his book is having a significant impact on your life. So good work. Right on. That's two what did you learns in a row with Bobby Bones. Absolutely. Featuring Bobby Bones. Mr. Bobby Bones. I wonder if you had just, I wonder if she's just like, okay, yeah, all I need to know is what you were doing and find out if you were a good guy. So you don't actually have to take the drug test. Like nice meeting you. And then like, what if that happened? That would have been pretty pretty cool. But it didn't. That's okay. Feel good story. Let's get it. Feel good story. So this is an event we're attending in one minute. It starts in one minute. Oh, we'll probably run a little late to this event, but we are running to an event. Feel good story of the week is LinkedIn Local. Mm. So I got uh, the invite to LinkedIn Local a week ago on a a Tuesday when I went to um, an informational interview to kind of learn about social media as a job for other companies. And I sat down with this guy, spoke with him for about 60 minutes. Drew Dresser, I believe it was his name. or some, You pronounce his name was a little different. Drew. Drew was his name. And I finished the conversation. It was phenomenal. It gave me a lot of great insight. And I was just jotting down some notes. Uh, I, he left, and I was just jotting down some notes afterwards. And the lady sitting right next to me, Sarah, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hi, my name's Sarah, and uh, I thought what you did was awesome, and you, got, you guys were having a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious, like, why did you... Uh, decide to do that how'd you get in touch with him and blah, blah. And I was like it was all through LinkedIn and she goes well it's funny you say that I'm hosting this event called LinkedIn local mm. and I think you'd be a great person to come to this event and we had a, and then I started talking to her for about 30 minutes about why she started this and whatnot so I'm super stoked to go to LinkedIn local talk to Sarah and talk to the other people that will be attending perfect dude I'm stoked for it just another opportunity to collaborate and get to know local hustlers and really hear their stories 20% or the whole night, I want to have 80% listening, 20% talking. Love it, Declan. That's a message we want all of our marketing interns to embody. Mm-hmm. That's a wrap on Podcast 69, Season 2, Episode 34. We got a big one for Podcast 70. Oh, dude. 
Yam House. Yam House. Next week, see you then. Take care. Take care. I